Welcome to the Direct Response Marketing Magic Podcast. Seth Green is a five-time best-selling author, speaker, and nationally recognized direct response marketing expert who is CEO of one of the fastest-growing direct response marketing firms in the country. To get free access to a download of his new book, Podcast Marketing Magic, and a free live training webinar that will show you how you can use a podcast to attract new customers and referrals like magic, simply register at www.ultimatemarketingmagician.com. On the podcast, Seth brings together some of the most cutting-edge thought leaders in the world to share with you how they grow their businesses and how you can too. Hi, my name is Ella Green. The best marketing guy is my dad. First, he helps people with, with marketing magic. Next, if you need marketing help, he will help you. Finally, if he is a mad marketer, my dad is the best. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Welcome to the Direct Response Marketing Podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be interviewing Sandro Piancone, the Chief Mexpert Officer of Mexico Sales Made Easy. Now, what is a Mexpert, you ask? The leading authority in doing business in Mexico, relied on by some of the world's largest companies for a step-by-step process and successful export of consumer packaged goods into the Mexican Mexico place without lawyers or international trade hassles guaranteed. He's got an amazing story, an incredible background, and I promise you that what you learn today will be relevant to your business, even if you're not exporting to Mexico. Sandro, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Seth. I'm honored to be on the call with you today. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? Uh, so I guess I'll, I'll start from the beginning. I'm a, what you would call a serial entrepreneur. I started my first business when I was 10, uh, which thinking back now, I laugh because it's come full circle. Uh, I helped. Uh, my dad was in the food distribution business, and he had friends that had a uh, video machines, you know, Pac-Man, and depending how old your callers are, but Pac-Man, Asteroids. And they owned the machines, but they couldn't find a place where to put them. And since we knew all the restaurateurs, pizza shops, Italian restaurants, I was the broker in the middle, and they would pay me $50 to place a machine. So back in 1978, that was a lot of money. And uh, I took all that money and invested in my, my hobby at the time, which was collecting comic books. Uh, but come full circle, uh, I was the uh, president and CEO of a publicly traded company in Mexico, uh, that was uh, building in uh, food service distribution to be the first nationwide distributor of Mexico. Uh, I did that for six years. Uh, 2008 came, the whole market changed from being a public company to uh, what was going on in Mexico, uh, the peso going on. Long, long story. That's I'll save that for uh, another book that I'm going to write about it. But uh, I found myself unemployed. Uh, what I do knew, what I knew how to do really well was import product into Mexico. I kind of took that for granted because unless we could have the product in country, I, I couldn't go sell it. So, but we, we became really good at that. And so I started a consulting company called Mexico Sales Made Easy. 
uh, where I helped U.S. companies come into Mexico, and I would do their permit process for them. So I would start with uh, getting their trademark done for them. Uh, I would start with doing their HS classification, which is so you know each each product has its own number. If there's a duty, what permits you need. Uh, and then uh, any type of uh, labeling on the product. So I started doing that for companies, uh, getting all the import permits, and I would start doing that. And then, of course, the next thing is if you're a business owner, you ask your customers what do they need. They wanted a distributor who would actually go out and distribute that. So I took my consultant and I and I worked my way into uh, being a partner of a nationwide logistics company. And so now I handle all of their uh, permit processing. I'm a director of the company, a shareholder, and uh, we have changed our model. We still do consumer brand goods. We help Five Hour Energy come into Mexico and many, many other brands. Uh, but the focus now is on franchises. So we help franchises. Uh, mostly food, but we do other other than food that are in the United States or from around the world want to come into Mexico. We handle everything from their uh, permit processing, their trademarks. We even do the legal work to become a franchise. And then we import all their equipment and all their food service. And so we do it for some of the biggest companies in the world, like Little Caesars Pizza, Dunkin' Donuts, uh, Villa Enterprises. So a whole host of companies, Melting Pot. Uh, and, and we bring those into Mexico. And so uh, I've been doing that for six years now. We built one of the uh, premier largest uh, logistics company in Mexico. We have over uh, five distribution centers, uh, and we travel to every part of the country delivering product uh, to stores from Tijuana to Mexico City to Cancun. Uh, but along the way, I meet different companies, other entrepreneurs, different opportunities come to us. We were trying to be the uh, logistic partner for Redbox, and that conversation three years ago, be careful what you wish for, we ended up being the uh, licensee, and now we are bringing Redbox to Mexico under our own uh, label, which is Vidbox, and we're rolling that out nationwide. So that's a little bit about my history, but I'm sure you have more questions, and I'll go into details on my direct marketing response, what we use. Wow, absolutely incredible story, and I obviously the short version and the long version should fill a book if it hasn't already. What do you wish you knew when you started that you know now? Well, uh, as we like to say, when I started this new venture uh, six years ago, I had gotten a lot of arrows. I gotten a lot of pain. I, we made every single mistake, and so that's one of the things that I bring to the table for my clients. We made all the mistakes before. So now you don't have to. Our clients don't have to. So, um, you know, we before this six years, we made it. But every day there's new law changes. There's no uh, things. We, we started out right this time. We have the right uh, team. We've surrounded ourselves with the right legal team, uh, several lawyers that specialize in different uh, rules in Mexico, accountants. We have several auditors, accounting firms like Deloitte. So when you go into a new country, you know, my recommendation is, you know, hire the best, hire uh, the best people, you know, you said at the beginning, uh, I say experts, you, you said Mexpert. That is a real word now. We trademarked it. So uh, I am a Dan Kennedy uh, fan, GKIC, as, as you are. And uh, I went to their boot camp six years ago when I was starting my consulting company. Uh, didn't know who they were. Uh, bought a book. Read about Dan, wanted to learn it, and you you need a USP. You know what what is it that you do to set you apart? You need to be an expert in your field. So one of the things is I came up with the word Mexpert. I was surprised that no one ever trademarked. So I own the trademark in the U.S. for Mexperts, 
And uh, I started writing books about doing business in Mexico. Now I'm uh, finished my fourth book, just released it on how to do business on Amazon Mexico and uh, working on my fifth book now. So uh, we become expert in our fields and we recommend people, whatever market you go into, uh, hire a professional to help you out. Do it. You would, it, Even though it might seem like a lot at the beginning, they save you hundreds of thousand dollars in mistakes. I bet. Absolutely true. I've had some lessons that way, the hard way. Um, you talked about saving money. What are some of the biggest business challenges you've overcome? And more importantly, what did you learn from them? Well, uh, business challenges. So every day there's challenges. Uh, Mexico likes to uh, change the rules as we go along uh, at the importation level. So we have several, um, you know, it's brain power. We have several uh, agencies that we use. Um, that, you know, keep up to date on the laws. Uh, they may look at the law differently as that's the way the laws are, laws are written. So I always ask, uh, the question until I get the right answer. So someone will say, no, you can't do it that way. I keep asking until I get a yes. I'll figure out a way to get a yes. So be tenacious. Uh, we talked about experts. Uh, when I started this, uh, with the logistics part five years ago, uh, I, I kind of felt I was, you know, up to speed with, uh, laws and logistics, and so I brought in a, a, an expert who cost us a lot of money per se per hour. Uh, his fee was $1,200 a day or $3,600, I don't remember, and he was a logistics expert for trucking, and he sat at the table and asked us a question that we didn't know the answer to. Uh, he asked what the gross vehicle weight was in Mexico. Well, in the U.S., it's 80,000 pounds, GBW, meaning you can put 40,000 pounds on a truck. So when trucks would come from the U.S., we would just take it, you know, 42-foot, 44-footer, 40-footer, take it, transload it, and get it onto another truck and take it into Mexico and deliver it. Well, by asking that one question, and we had to go do the research, we found out Mexico is 56,000 pounds. So that means you can add another six pallets or another 16,000 pounds. So that one question, that one uh, idea has saved us probably millions of dollars in trucking over the last six years. So wow, it's it's you know hiring good people, understanding, asking the right questions. Uh, you know, we say just being you know a tenacious entrepreneur uh, and asking the questions why, 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 and and keep asking till we get the question we want answered. That is very uh, obviously very valuable advice, um, and my three-year-old will resonate with it very much. What do you like best about your business now? Uh, yeah, so uh, I love being a, an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur. I have my own schedule. I, I would say it's freedom. Uh, I get, uh, because of the books, I get asked to speak at different uh, associations uh, from the U.S. Commercial Service. You know, they're trying to teach uh uh, companies how to export all over the world or in the Mexico. Now I've been uh, featured, I've been asked to speak at uh, events for franchise, the IFA, uh, that franchising, uh, you know, they're all looking to go in the new markets. So I love speaking. I love uh, doing that. Although I've come to find out in every part of our uh, business, and we've built several different businesses in Mexico, I can delegate everything. What I haven't figured out how to delegate yet is the speaking engagement. So I'm careful <laughs> to take them because, uh, like, example, this is on my calendar. I could not delegate this to one of my people because it wouldn't be the same. So I'm very careful about uh, speaking engagements, although I love doing it. It's fun, and you meet very, very interesting people uh, afterwards. Uh, I'm careful to how many I take on. 
I understand that. <laughs> that, that. I resemble that remark. Yes. What do you attribute – I mean, you've come so far in such a short period of time. What do you attribute your success to? Oh, well, that's a long, broad question. I'll, I'll try to get it down to two or three things. Uh, you know, when, when back when, uh, I say below six years ago, when I was with that company and it came crashing, burning down, it was a changing point in my life and my family's life. Uh, you know, I find myself without a job. I had to file personal bankruptcy. So what, what worked, and I was always before, and I won't get into too much religion, I'm Catholic, and I started going to church every day, uh, which changed, you know, my life in the morning, made me feel better about it and praying, you know, what would happen next, because I, I didn't know what was going to happen next. Tithing, you know, I donate 10% of my income to different charity events and churches. Uh, Dan Kennedy, getting the book on Dan Kennedy, which is the, the Entrepreneur, the Wealth book. I keep forgetting the name of it. Change my whole no mindset. BS wealth management. Yes, wealth management and doing direct marketing and, and learning the things I learned at GKIC. Uh, we put in our business from uh, people management to direct marketing response. Uh, we built a quite sizable company that grows fifty percent every year with no salespeople, but doing a lot of direct marketing, books, uh, webinars, events. We put on events for franchisors. So. We like to say we have a very, very small niche. We only need one new customer a year, uh, but a customer that grows and keeps adding stores. So people sound funny when I say one new customer a year. So I would say it's a lot of those things. And then, of course, being tenacious and questions and being entrepreneurs and work hard. You know, we're up at five in the morning and, you know, we work till late at night. So it's a, it's a lot of all those things. And I've been I've been blessed. And so. Uh, you know, it's not one small answer, but it's a lot of those things put together. Right. It's not one way to get 100 customers, 100 ways to get one customer, and you do them all. That's type right. Of parallel. Awesome. With all the success you've achieved, what's your biggest challenge now? Uh, our biggest challenge now is uh, we have a, we, we're, we're blessed, as we say, we grow at 50% a year. So it's finding the right people. Uh, you know, a person we had two years ago may burn out to, to get them to that next step. Uh, we always looking, we need more warehouse space, more trucks. Uh, so that's what we worry about. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's just, it's staying ahead of the growth. Uh, you know, we started out, I say, as a small company, a small entrepreneur company. Now we, even though we still feel that way, we're not, you know, we're over 150 million a year in revenue. So we, we're trying to bring in new, still try to keep it that same entrepreneur spirit, but maybe set up some systems to look ahead of, of you know what's going to be the next three years, four years, because where we could see ourselves bring in more franchise groups, maybe in five years, it would be five hundred million a year in revenue. Um, so we're, we're excited, but also you know we just need to make sure we bring the the right the right team in to handle that. Wow, one hundred fifty million, mind-boggling number. How do you manage the financial aspects of that? Well, uh, I go back. I still do the same thing every Monday morning that I did when you know when it was uh, a less than million dollar company and we couldn't make payroll and all those things. So, uh, from a standpoint, now we we have systems, but it's the same system we started with six years ago, uh, which is a you know we use QuickBooks Enterprise, so not the normal QuickBooks, but it's I learned Quicken and then I had to learn QuickBooks and it's QuickBooks Enterprise, which is for larger companies that has multi currency. Then we had to do bolt-ons and things like that. Um, I have a controller. I have a CFO. 
uh, we have a, a, a great finance staff. We have um, Deloitte is our auditor in Mexico, and then we have a U.S. company. But every morning, the same thing. I, you got to know your numbers in any business. You need to know what your numbers are. So I, I pull the reports myself. I can see if I, what the sales are, accounts receivable. I go through, make sure, circle what what is owed, so I know exactly what we'll collect that week. And accounts payable, uh, I actually circle what's going to be paid, so I don't physically go and write the check, someone else does it, but I circle what's going to be paid every week. And then that way I have the pulse on the company. I know what's coming in, what's going out. Um, and so I think I could still keep doing the same thing when I get the 500 million because it's the same, it's just the numbers are larger, but it's the same vendors, the same thing. So it's your accounts receivable, your accounts payable. Maybe a lot of your uh, clients, people are on the call, don't even have to worry about accounts receivable because they have uh, credit cards and they get paid every week. But you still need to know if the client's card got declined or got bounced or they got a new card, you don't get collected. So for me, Monday mornings are very, very, very important is I need to know what's going on. And of course, the bank balances to, to look at. So that's how I run it. Absolutely. Great advice. How do you manage? Um, how big is your team now? And how do you manage them? Our team, uh, we have over 500 employees uh, spread out throughout Mexico. Uh, we have a, um, a lean management team. You know, we have uh, a director who uh, runs the company, uh, the operations part of it, our CFO. We have weekly meetings uh, here in San Diego for the, the top team. And then the director of operations has meetings with the different managers uh, in the warehouses. We have what are called KPIs, key performance indicators, uh, that we look at on a weekly basis, on-time deliveries, missed picks. By me looking at that by warehouse, I can tell if we have a problem or if we don't have a problem. Uh, we do a lot of training. So not only do we uh, do quarterly meetings, we do video training, uh, customer service training, all those different types of uh, things that we do. And and then they we leave the managers to grow their team under them. And, and it seems to have worked. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm making it easy. There's been a lot of problems over the years. I, I'm a voracious reader. I read a lot of books. There was a book called uh, Supervision by Don Velchek. He, he built the same thing we built, but he built it in the U.S. for Domino's Pizza. And uh, we actually hired him as a consultant. He came and gave us a lot of advice four or five years ago. Uh, we do what are called JP&Rs, Job Performance and Review. So instead of waiting to the end of the year, we do it on a monthly basis. So I do it with our directors. They do it with their managers. The managers do it with their team. All the way, the, everyone needs to know what's the important thing in our business, which is the client, making sure a client never closes, that the even the guy sweeping the floor needs to know why he's sleeping that floor. So it's 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 a management system that we've put together over four or five years, and we're adding things daily as we go to conferences and we go to events and we learn things. We we add it to our best practices. How did you develop what the KPIs were? How did you determine what those metrics were, and how do you measure them? So uh, it actually came from our clients. So our clients uh, in their contracts. Uh, would say, hey, we need to have, we know there's going to be some mistakes and we're, there's tolerance and there's, you know, different. So the clients gave us, so for example, on-time deliveries, your goal is always 100%. Uh, but there's weather storms, there's a, those things happen. So, you know, you want to be at your 100%. And then if you were at, you know, 
I'll, I'll give you a break. We're at, not, you know, we're on on-time deliveries. We're at 99.9%, which is awesome. Wow. Right? So that's awesome. Uh, miss picks, things like that. So what we do then is uh, at the end of the week, we do it on a weekly basis. Uh, each order, each delivery has their delivery times where they're supposed to be. And then when it gets delivered, there's a time stamp and it comes back. Our customer service puts what time it got delivered. And then you add them up at the end and you see how many were on time. We'll go months. We'll go months with 100% perfect on time uh, delivery. And then there'll be times if there's a hurricane and stuff like that. But it's understandable. You let the customer know. But per the agreement, you're, you're out of uh, your time. Uh, miss picks. So what you do is not to have miss picks. It's more of a game. We have bonuses that we give our employees. And so we give our, you know, if there's no miss picks, you know, they get a bonus for that. If they do this, they get a bonus for that. So those miss picks, even though it's to them a lot of money, for me, we're saving. If we miss pick an order, and it, the truck leaves and it's 600 miles to Cabo San Lucas from Tijuana and I make a mistake, the customer's always right. I have to put that on a plane or send another truck. So I would rather bonus the warehouse team to pay attention. And then they can go home and tell their wife and their kids, hey, I got a you know, $20 bonus, $40 bonus. For us, it's better. That makes a lot of sense. What drives you crazy about your business other than the weather? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't even complain much, much about the weather. We, we're, we're compared to the U.S. or where you are in Buffalo, Mexico uh, doesn't snow. Ninety-nine percent of the time, we have no problems. Uh, you know, the things that I, I worry about, and it's nothing I can really do about it, is the uh, peso devaluation. So uh, right now, the dollar is strong against all currencies. So what happens is it affects our business. And even though we buy in dollars and sell in dollars. The end user may buy less because the product's in dollars. So when we started this six years ago, the peso was 12 to the dollar. So meaning one dollar could buy 12 pesos. Now it's the highest it's ever been. It's 18 and a half. So the buying power has diminished by, you know, 40, 50 percent. Uh, so I worry about that. Uh, you know what? If there's a war or there's a problem in Greece, the peso goes up. And I don't understand why. But it is what it is. If I knew what that was, I, you know, I'd be sitting on an island, you know, making billions and trading uh, currency. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, with all that is constantly changing, whether it's the marketplace or regulation or tariffs or somebody getting elected, uh, how do you stay on top of all of that? How do you stay on the cutting edge? Well, you know, obviously it's uh, surrounding yourself with a good team, reading. Uh, you know, there's things that are not on our control. Uh, you know, people ask me all the time, hey, what do you think of the elections in Mexico? What do you think of the elections in the U.S.? You know, and my standard answer has always been, it really doesn't matter. We're entrepreneurs. We get up. We go work. We figure it out. They can change the law, but it's for everybody. So we just got to work with it and figure it out. And, you know, so I never really, really ever worried about it because, you know, it doesn't really matter, right? We, your family, my family, we have to get up, we have to eat, we have to, you know, now we provide for 500 families. We just got to do it. And uh, they can change the law. And government's really good at adding new laws. And our job as entrepreneurs is figuring out how to go around it, through it, or just adapt to it and, you know, try to make it as easy as possible. And both sides, I mean, equal opportunity basher here. U.S. makes things difficult. Mexico, too. Uh, paperwork, bureaucracy. Uh, you know, thank God now we're at the point that, you know, we have teams, we have people, we have departments 
just making photocopies of different things that have to go on a truck. Even though it's all electronic, there's different uh, gates where we have to cross and make different borders that they want to see the paper. So, I, yeah, we probably spend more money in photocopies and photocopy machine than anything else. So, But it is what I it is. I would have guessed that. And, and, and that's why the U.S. companies hire us because they don't want to have to put up with all that. Absolutely. So you are, you mentioned the Kennedy book and other books and the books that you've written. You are a voracious learner. Uh, what are three of the best books you've ever read that have had the most impact on your work? Uh, well, when I was younger, I would have to say it was Think and Go Rich. Uh, that was probably one of my, one of my all time best books. It's the Dan Kennedy book, The Wealth Management, uh, has been really, really, really a game changer for me. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll, on another call, we'll talk a little bit more about GKIC and and, and what we believe in and think uh, about it. And so we're we're that. And I would say my third book, um, only because we're in that type of business. Well, I, I would have to say it's the Don Belichick book. I've, I've read it every year. So uh, unless you're in the food distribution business, it wouldn't mean anything. But there is some a lot of good nuggets in there on supervision. So um, the Domino's book. Okay, the Domino's book. Yeah. Supervision. Ah, okay, got it. Wasn't familiar with that one, but I will go get it. Um, you mentioned all it takes is like you're growing at 50% a year, and all it takes is one client. Who is an ideal client for you? So an ideal client, our perfect avatar, is a franchisor uh, in the U.S., that's already figured out their business model. So they have to have over, well, they don't have to, but they should have over 50 locations. Uh, you know, but right now my clients are clients that have two, three, four thousand clients in the U.S. franchisees. They want to come to Mexico or they're already in Mexico. And they're having problems uh, with their logistics. There's communication. There's quality issues. There's things like that. And they want to go to a world-class logistics company, and they would hire a company like us. So if they're already in Mexico, and that is happening, we are closing when we close them. We'll be onboarding them next month. Is a chain that already has 150 locations in Mexico. They're not happy with their present uh, logistics food distributor. They're switching over to us. Uh, that's easier uh, so that's our, I would say, our perfect clientele. A new person coming in, we know it's work at the beginning, but we will help them get all ready to go into Mexico and then help them grow to get to that 50 or 100 locations in Mexico. So when I say one customer, it's really one brand who then has to be out there selling franchises. And that's that's why we like that model because it, it, it can grow very fast. It's very, very, very scalable meaning the same product, the same procedures, the same practices, we're delivering to, you know, 100, 200, 500 locations. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And, um, and I, said, I, I specialize in the food because I'm a food guy, but I, I brought SkyZone, if you know what SkyZone is. Yeah, my kids go there all the time. Okay, so uh, we're the logistics guy for Mexico, and we bring in all the jumpies and the steel and all that, and we get them all set up. That is so cool. Yep. <laughs> Um, and talk a little bit, uh, just before we let you go, I know you're super busy, about how, a little bit more detail about how the Redbox uh, deal came about. So, uh, as you know, I, I like to read, and so I read the Wall Street Journal every morning before I uh, get to work, and there was an article on Redbox, and it was talking about how great it did, and so on and so forth, and it was killing it, 
And uh, so, you know, I'm a, a customer of Redbox. I'm a big movie guy. If you can see in the sky, all my movie posters back there. I would go there on weekends and get movies for my boys. I have two two young boys, and we love uh, comic book stuff, and so Avengers and Superman and all that. And uh, so I read this article, and so we started doing research, and I said, God, it would be great if we can bring them to Mexico. We can import their products. We could distribute. And um, when we started going and doing the research, we were blown away that in a quarter they did $500 million in revenue. So that's $2 wow. billion dollars a year uh, renting a movie at a dollar. We said, wow. And we think this would work in Mexico. And so we started the call. And like every big company, you know, it went on forever, back and forth. Uh, they knew Mark Mexico was a great market. Uh, they, you know, they, they, where it works really well for them is in that lower to middle income area. So it does really well in the border towns of Texas, San Diego, different areas. It works everywhere. I mean, obviously, to do $2 billion. So they knew Mexico was a great market. Uh, they did some research on our company. They found out we were real guys. We knew how to import. We knew we knew a lot of things. Uh, but they put it all on hold because they were making an acquisition. And so, you know, like most deals, you forget about it. Uh, it went. They bought their second largest competitor, which was Blockbuster Express. And then the board decided that they were going to focus on, you know, just the U.S. And they were looking for different people to license the ideal all over the world. And so there was a bunch of people that jumped in for other parts. And we put our hat in for Mexico. And we ended up with the license for Mexico. And I was down um, for some machines. We are now rolling out machines in Mexico in Walmart, Rihanna, 7-Eleven. Just like the U.S., like your little Kroger's or whatever you have there in Buffalo. And you would go in and rent a movie, 15 pesos. It's the newest releases. So we're staying with movies. And we will do, we will do um, the games in the U.S. later. And it's the same as a small. Uh, really, at the end of the day, it's a logistics business because every you know day you have to go see the machines and put new content, take out new content. And since I happen to know logistics, it was it was kind of a slam dunk. And what we didn't know was the movie business. You know, we 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 like movies, but we didn't understand how that. So Redbox helped us. They they we've now built the dream dream management team, uh, led by two entrepreneurs, me and my partner. But we have uh, Mitch Lowe, who's our chairman of the board, who is. Uh, who was a co-founder of Netflix and the president of Redbox from six to 35,000 machines. Uh, Brian Rady, who was their, technically their CFO, uh, from, he was employee number three until a couple of years ago, is now with us. And Ricardo Vega was the ex-CEO of Blockbuster to Mexico. So what we found is we, 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 we put a story together, we put the business plan, we go out, we put all the pieces together, and uh, we're rolling this out, and it's a lot of fun. That is absolutely incredible. What a great story. I can't wait for the next book that you're, public, you're going to come out with. Um, where do you want our audience to go to learn more about you? So, uh, like all serial entrepreneurs, I have 10 or 15 different websites, but one that pretty much tells the story is, is sandropianconi.com, S-A-N-D-R-O, Pianconi, P-I-A-N-C-O-N-E.com. And uh, they can go there. It talks about our different companies. And then you can click. So if you want to know more about Bidbox, uh, Mexico Sales Made Easy, Mexico Franchising Made Easy. Um, if you just have any questions, you know, uh, there's a place to send an email and I'll, I'll answer it. But, um, yeah. Okay. Seth Green with Sandro Pianconi, sandropianconi.com. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. Fascinating, fascinating interview. I'm inspired. I'm fired up. I hope you are, too. Sandro, thank you so much for giving us some of your very valuable time today. All right, Seth. Thank you. Have a nice weekend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.